Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension beef educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article that Nebraska Extension educator Sidney O'Daniel wrote for the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Considerations for Successful Ester Synchronization Programs. Thanks for joining me today, Sydney. Hi. Well, Sydney, before we discuss the article that you wrote, share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and your role now with Nebraska Extension as an educator based there in Webster County. I'm originally from Nebraska. I grew up on the eastern half of the state. Family we raised and showed horses, um, but I attended Texas A&M where I received my bachelor's uh, degree in animal science and agronomy, and then I went on to complete my master's degree in physiology of reproduction in beef cattle. I conducted my research under Dr. Ron Randall and Dr. Thomas Welsh at the Overton Research um, and Extension Center. And I began working for Nebraska Extension in July of 2019 as a beef systems educator. Sydney, the focus of the article that you wrote was on things that producers should consider and remember as they plan for the upcoming breeding season, specifically thinking about ester synchronization. Now, there are a lot of factors that can impact the success of an ester synchronization program and also pregnancy rates, ranging anywhere from time of breeding, the nutrition program we have. But let's first start with nutrition and think about the interaction between nutrition and reproduction. What are some key things that producers should think about and remember as they think about where their cow's at right now and getting them ready for the breeding season? Right. So nutrition and reproduction are two physiological systems that are very tightly linked together. So I think it's important for producers to know and to begin thinking well ahead of the calving season um, where their cows are at with their body condition scores. Um, UNL, we recommend that cows should calve at a body condition score of five, and heifers are recommended to calve at a body condition score of six. But we don't recommend feeding uh, females to a body condition score of seven or more before calving. It's not always economical, but keeping them in a good condition prior to calving, prior to when their maintenance requirements are really going to increase, will help them shorten their postpartum interval and rebreed back quicker. So, Sydney, one of the things you talked about was the importance of cow body condition score. Give us a little perspective on the importance of nutrition as we think about cows calving and that time frame between calving and through the breeding season. What are some things that producers should pay attention to and understand as they think about nutrition during that critical time? I guess it's important to note that cow and heifers' uh, energy and protein requirements increase dramatically through late gestation to about 60 days uh, post-calving. So um, either keeping them on a good maintenance diet or for thinner cows, keeping them on an increasing plane of nutrition and gaining weight will help them rebreed and um, keep their postpartum interval within that 12-month calving interval. So as you think about cows that are good prospects for something like an ester synchronization program, how does time of calving influence fertility and what are maybe some cows that are good prospects and maybe some others that may not be based on when they calve and the time between calving and the start of the breeding season? Cows that are good candidates for estrus synchronization protocols are the ones that are going to calve in the first 21 to 30 days of the calving season. Cows that calve late in the calving season or specifically 
in the last 20 to 30 days of the calving season are pretty unlikely to respond to estrus synchronization protocols. Now, that having been said, there are some tools available that we can use to maybe try to move these late calving cows up. Uh, give us some perspective on something like the use of a cedar and how we might use that tool to try to move some of these later calving cows up earlier in next year's calving season. Right, so cedars are labeled uh, for use um, in a minimum of 20 days postpartum. And uterine involution takes approximately 30 days. So that is like a 10 day indiscretion there, but cedars are um, an excellent tool for trying to get those cows that are lagging to catch up with your earlier calving cows. Now, I think it's important to remember that they're not a fix-all type situation. Those cows need to be an adequate body condition score. They need to be on an adequate plane of nutrition. And the use of the cedar may be something that can jumpstart those cows and, and bring them into estrus sooner than they would be if we didn't use a tool like that. What are some other tools that are available to us to plan for estrus synchronization? Um, well, there's a lot of resources listed on the UNL Beef Reproduction website. A great resource for planning your next year's protocol is the estrus synchronization planner that's been developed by Iowa State University. And UNL also has developed a breeding cost calculator to kind of help producers plan out which protocol is going to be the most economical for them in their situation. The latest 2020 beef protocols also have been um, posted on the UNL Beef Repro webpage as well, so you can see the latest updates on those as well. So for folks who are thinking about utilizing artificial insemination as part of their ester synchronization program, what are some key things that they should think about and remember to help their success around the time of breeding? Well, I guess it's important to begin thinking ahead. So again, making sure your cows are in a good, good plan of nutrition prior to breeding and um, making sure that your body condition scoring them on a somewhat regular basis to make sure that they're not losing weight. But prior to the breeding season, I think it's important to select the correct synchronization protocol for the time, labor, and facilities that you might have. Some protocols are a little bit more intensive than others, and some are going to require a little bit more labor than others. So making sure that you have the right one picked out can help you tremendously. And then also having a plan for record keeping. So using one of those tools I previously mentioned can really help as well as just planning your own record keeping for your herd and also making sure that you have field labor. Maybe if you aren't able to AI your own cows, making sure that you've found um, a skilled AI technician ahead of time is important as well. Now, just because we use ester synchronization doesn't mean we automatically have to use artificial insemination. We can use natural breeding with an ester synchronization protocol. Give some things that we might want to think about if we're considering that as an option to make sure we're prepared and also on the bull side, they're ready as well. So estra synchronization with natural service is a, is a huge resource because it decreases time and labor and allows you to use the bulls that you might already have. And it's important to note that bulls are just as important as the cows. So it's also important for them to be in a good body condition score prior to the breeding season. Um, UNL recommends evaluating them 90 days ahead of time so that if you need to put some more condition on them, you have time to. Um, it's expected that bulls will lose one to two body condition scores during the breeding season just from the extra activity they have going on. 
So making sure that they're in about a five or six body condition score um, will allow them to lose a little weight and still be, still be active. There's also been some research that's found that bulls that are in a body condition score of four or seven have a reduced semen quality compared to those in a five or six. So avoiding, you know, excessively thin or excessively fat bulls is important. Just like your cow's health is important too. Working with your vet to schedule a breeding soundness exam 60 days before the breeding season can help you identify uh, bulls with low fertility or other physical issues that might prevent them from breeding cows or having the conception rates that you're expecting. A lot of people think that if you're going to use um, an estrus synchronization protocol that um, your bull to cow ratio might change, but a young bull with adequate libido should still have the same bull to cow ratio of 1 to 25 and a younger yearling bull 1 to 15. Another tip if you're going to use a natural service is maybe using a smaller breeding pasture to help decrease the amount of um, traveling your bulls have to do and making sure that your multi-sire groups have already had a pecking order established um, before turnout since there will be a little bit more activity than just plain natural service without synchronization. Sydney, what are some other things that people should consider or think about as they plan for the upcoming breeding season? So there are a few other things to consider. Um, cow age is one thing. Um, first calf heifers take approximately 20 days longer than mature cows to resume estrus. So maybe staggering your heifers from your cows to make sure that your heifers don't fall too far behind is important. Also, reproductive efficiency does decrease a little bit with aging cattle but more towards the extreme. So watching those older cows and making sure their conception rates are keeping up with uh, the rest of the herd is important. Low stress facilities, again, with estrus synchronization protocols, that's more times through the chute and more handling situations. So making sure that you have the facilities to manage that is important. There's also quite a bit of research on timing of annual vaccinations with synchronization drugs, and um, some studies have found that combination of routine vaccination and synchronization drugs can reduce the pregnancy rates and the efficiency of that synchronization, so making sure that you stagger those apart if necessary can help as well. And just making sure that you're using the correct protocol in general and you're using it properly. So making sure that you're looking up the 2020 beef protocols and following the timing recommended for each one um, can really save you a lot of trouble. And also, if you have any more questions, um, the Beef Reproduction Task Force website better explain a lot of the topics that I just went over. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Sydney. Thanks for having me. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you will be able to find this article, as well as links to resources discussed in today's podcast.